When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Concentration Not Strength, I'm Mike, that's Tommy. How's it going? That's Kevin. What's up guys? Before we begin, just want to give a shout out to one of our newest uh, Twitter fans slash followers, Joyce Ng. She's doing what you should all do, which is tweet and tell all your friends about the Quack Tech Pod. We're trying to build something here. And if you don't, like, we have no advertising, so you have to advertise for us. With that being said, Tommy, what's our topic? Uh, the coaching ability of one Gordon Bombay. That is right. Now, we've laid some pieces out in many different episodes. Talked about this a little bit. We'll centralize it here. And the first thing is really his unique approach, I guess, to practice and his really approach to the game. Like, the first thing he does is he teaches them to cheat. And then it's more about, you know, rollerblading in the mall, things like that. Using the important eggs. things. Exactly. So is this a sign of a coach who's a little unorthodox, or is this a sign of a coach who doesn't know what he's doing? I, I mean, you took the words right out of that right out of my mouth i think it's the sign of a coach that has no fucking clue what he's doing and is kind of just making it up as he goes but but is incredibly successful at it he's been around the game for a very long time he played at a relatively high level that doesn't mean you can coach though well he knows how to like run drills though and we've never seen them run a real drill except when they're like just skating lines after the iceland loss in d2 also, the documentary would not be very interesting if you watched the Ducks run drills. All right, let's least... four on three for the next yeah. 60 minutes. So, yeah. so, in all fairness, we probably haven't seen like the, the bare-bones basics that he, I'm sure, coaches. I'd like to, uh, to quote one Greg Goldberg. He says he either play or play around. And he says that to uh, Orion. Yeah, Orion and then D3. And so it's obvious that they don't do normal training. They're not, you know, you know, doing you know, two-a-days or anything like that. And They're doing a lot of egg drills, a lot of being tied together as a team. But that's post-Bombay. Post and also, unless you have, like, an incredibly strong leader that you really, 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 at that age specifically, respect you aren't going to be doing anything but playing around in the offseason. No, I think that's what Greg uh, Goldberg was talking about. That's what they do at practice. They play or they play around. Yeah. It's like they're either playing games like against other teams or they're playing around. They're not, he wasn't talking about the offseason. Yeah. Well, I mean... He was talking about what they did with Bombay. I, I, but, I mean, you have to assume that there's like basically a year-long gap between that. Between D2 and D3? 
Have we established that? I don't know. Have we established a time frame? We, it's, I mean, it's wishy-washy on the time frame, especially coming after D2. Like, D1 to D2, there's a little bit in there. We know that, oh, the Hawks were complaining about the Ducks beating them last year and things like that. Where this year, where we don't know, because we, I mean, it could be the next fall semester that they enroll in Eden Hall. So it could either be immediately afterward or there could be like an entire year between that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it seems like D2 was like the Junior Global Games were in May and then they enroll in Eden Hall in September. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, yeah, then, then Bombay is a fucking terrible coach. He, he instilled no work ethic in any of these players. Yeah, you figure if there was some legitimate drills, there would be some sort of montage. Like, you can get away with a good montage. But, you know, but a good montage of, like... Of just practice? Like, yeah. Sure. But, well, there are plenty of great montages of them, like, playing with eggs and picking up trash and... Exactly. Bullshit Which is like why that. I don't think there's no... Where it's How many to montages can you have? You could have two. <laughs> you could have an orthodox montage and an orthodox montage of drills. I don't think it would be that hard, especially through the course of, like, two movies. You could definitely do that. But the one thing I will give him credit for, although it's a weird timing, is his little football drill before the Cardinals game. He's talking about being the quarterback and talking to your teammates and things like that. And when you play youth hockey, like, I don't know, it's weird. You're in your, like, little helmet, and a lot of kids don't talk to each other on the ice. So, that like, that was a big thing when I was growing up. We all The coaches always yell at us talking. Yelled at us to talk more. That's what, I mean, that's, I think that's true for, I mean, I guess it's kind of built in with like football, but like it was the same with basketball. Like even once you get to high school, like nobody ever really had learned that you need to talk to each other at all times. So I guess it's kind of, that's a cross sport thing. Yeah. So not a bad drill. The, the timing was weird, doing it right before the Cardinals game. You, you figure you would want a more traditional warm-up. Well, I think they were trying to, like, A, calm themselves down, because this is a hockey team that essentially has never won a hockey game. And so, clearly everything they were doing wasn't working. And B, the Cardinals obviously see it as, like, look at this weird-ass team. And so you get into their heads. So I think Bombay, like, give him some credit. He knew what he was doing in that terms. Wait, so you think it was calculated that by bringing footballs out on there, that that was getting in their heads? Yeah, definitely. How? How? The Cardinals, look at this weird-ass team. They, it, yeah, the Cardinals did stop and look at the Ducks and, like, screwed up their just, entire warm-up. Just the way that they had, uh, they had uh, Fulton, like, warm-up, shooting all the pucks, that was definitely to get into the, the Cardinals' heads, too. And it totally worked because they ran, like, the Statue of Liberty play. Mm-hmm. But how is the throwing? I don't, I don't understand how that gets in their head. Just that they're weird, I guess. All right. <laughs> they're weird, and what they're going to do is they're going to take them lightly. Because remember, deep, they redefine themselves. And so they come out with these, like, half a dozen new players. And they also come out with these new uniforms. So it's like, okay, what's going on? Is this actually a good team? And then they show them, like, it's throwing a football. Like, so okay. was Bombay actually not trying to teach them anything? He was just trying to no, make the was. other team think like, they were weird? It was twofold. It was like two birds, one stone. You teach your team something. I think that's giving Bombay a hell of a lot of credit. Let me ask something. Did the Mighty Ducks, did they win the championship in D1? Well, yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Results speak for themselves. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And that's the one thing Bombay has going for him. 
is that he won championship and he won a junior Goodwill Games gold medal. But the only problem I have with the, the football drill is like, there's no really warm up for the goalie there, which is kind of the, the point of the warm ups, just to get some shots on the goalie, have him really get a feel for the puck and whatnot. But other than that, okay, I can. I, I can... imagine Goldberg was kicking field goals like in the back <laughs> or something. And, and, in, and in fairness, I don't think that would like completely psych the other team out. It's not like they were pissing their pants because they were tossing no, it was a to football around. Use them. I. What do you think they they thought they were going to play a football game on it? Like no, I don't think no. I don't think are it was you, that. Are you th- even listening? I am listening, but I don't think I don't think that has that great of impact that you guys are talking. I just don't think it has that big of an effect on. I don't think they take them that lightly because they are stupid and are throwing footballs well, around. The Cardinals players, at least two of them, stopped, went to center ice, and said, "What a weird ass team." So it's ruining their whole kind of routine there. I, I, I don't think that has that big of an impact on a game. I just don't. I would kind of agree with you, but there is a little bit of a uh, kind of breaking of a routine. I think that's more of like, oh, that's weird, and let's go about our business. Like, I, just, I, I don't think that breaks their concentration at all. I mean, no one's saying I think that's it's like... a dumb luck thing. That it, it, he, they did this, and it didn't hurt them, it didn't help them, whatever. I don't think it was a brilliant coaching move. So you think that they would have uh, gotten the same result had they not done that? Sure. All right. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Well, I think Mike brought up the the point like that was like the only like legitimate like hockey thing, even though it wasn't like hockey related. It was just talk to your teammates, and it was a way to break up the monotony of like normal like warm ups. You know, in, in their first warm up, we see they're going and they're shooting against Goldberg and they're you know hitting him in the in the legs. And Goldberg is like basically just crying because they're doing these hockey drills, and so maybe Goldberg is like, "Wow, I'm like I'm not gonna break a sweat, so now I'm not all like wheezy going into the game and afraid of the puck now." So it was a way to distract Goldberg yeah. from, from his enormous responsibility. Yeah, it might have been a genius move by Gordon there. That's so true. He, he was probably like less anxious and like, "Wow, I, I instead of like I can't even stop goals like in warm up against such my crappy teammates and." Fair enough. So now the whole question of like, was Bombay like thinking about this like weeks in advance? Yeah, that's probably not something. But I mean, he clearly knew what he was doing there. Clearly. <laughs> and I think we're not playing up the fact of like getting Fulton to shoot all those warm up shots. I mean, that was a stroke of genius, and that definitely got in the head. That, that that is okay. I'll give you that. Yes, I think the the and, football and thing. So is if he little, does something mm. like that, which is you know the obvious like the mental games, little gamesmanship. Then the football thing, he knows there's a possibility of it happening. Now, how much it does, you know, it's debatable, but obviously there was a result there, so it's kind of hard to argue totally against it. I just, I, I think it's kind of a, uh, it's very hard to connect the result of the game to that. So you're saying it's real specious reasoning because, like, ooh, that was a big word. Yeah, I don't know, big word, but it was a, it was a different word. What does it mean then, Kevin? Well, I I think I know what it means. I don't know for sure, but it's like uh, it's like saying if an apple drops over there and I have a great day, that every time an apple drops, I'm gonna have a great day. Have you ever had a bad day when an apple dropped over there, Kevin? Well, I don't know. I've, I there that was go. kind of a hypothetical there, right. but yeah. uh, so correlation doesn't mean yeah. causation. I That's kind of what. It, yeah. All right. So they could they could have thrown an apple around. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Bringing it, it didn't need together. to be a football. I like that. All right, let's let's keep going. You brought up Fulton Reed. 
And that was really Bombay's first, our first full look at Bombay's development style. And Fulton goes from a kid, he doesn't know how to skate, but he's got this great shot. And Bombay, he puts him in a game, like almost right away, he takes him to the mall, has him skate. Is this a, a good move from Bombay? Is he just like a wonder in developing these kids who don't know how to play? Because he does it with most of D5, really. They have trouble just staying on their feet. Or is this a situation where he kind of developed them too fast and threw them out there? I mean, maybe he wasn't ready. I don't think he was super ready because I think it's obvious that he really wasn't playing very much. I'm not sure he played at all before he went onto the ice mm-hmm. to, for the the final play. Um, so... I don't think he was ready to play like full shifts, and Bombay knew that. I think, like, the reason you're here is we're going to do that warm up thing, and then when we need to, we're going to run that specific play because you learned how to skate like two days ago, and then you know we'll continue to practice. But for now, this is our best shot to do something, so that's what we're going to do. Put him in there in spots. Yeah, I mean, I think he did. He was pretty brilliant in playing him when they needed him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it is kind of. Specifically, at that time, at that age, it's it's a lot easier to pick a kid off the street and be like, "Hey, you're big, come play basketball." Hey, you're big, you're you know large, come play football. Hey, you've got a fucking genius slap shot, come play hockey. You know, so kids pick things up pretty quick at that age. It would have been less believable had they been in high school at Eden Hall and they just found this football player who happened to have the slap shot. Yeah. But then at least it's somewhat believable because kids pick things up pretty quick at that age. Mm-hmm. But was it good for Fulton's development to play in those spot, I guess, situations? Or would he have been better off kind of developing more and then coming in where he was able to play a regular shift? I think it's necessary because he seemed like a kid that you might lose if you didn't get him involved right away. That's a good point. Yeah. So, you, you know, give him, give him the carrot or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know, let him see results immediately to keep that development going. I think that was important for, for Fulton. Okay. All right. Now, Fulton, as we mentioned, he had, he had the Statue of Liberty play. And that's kind of a theme in Gordon's kind of coaching career are these gimmick plays, like the Tommy and Tammy Duncan spinning move play. He has the Charlie play that they drop where they flip it in the air and everything. And then also in the very beginning, his first coaching strategy is to cheat. That's and, true. Which is the ultimate like gimmick. He asks Charlie to like, grab his eye like his cut and he's asking Carp to like take dives and Goldberg's taking dives as the goalie and... He didn't explain it well enough. So. What's what's the chant? You know the chant. Oh, take the fall. Oh, act hurt. Get indignant. <laughs> Great chant. Yeah, one of the best. But are those because he does get results out of those plays? Some of them, most of them, and they play a big part in winning the Pee Wee Championship and even the Junior Goodwill game. So, is that good tactical coaching, or is that him trying to take a shortcut? To win instead of, I think, I think that's him uh, making up for his deficiencies. Like he might be a brilliant—I don't know if tactician is the right word—but 
He's a great. Uh, he he's to, a schemer. Yeah, he knows how to get the best out of his players. It's like he can't run the same plays as the Hawks because his kids can't execute that way. And so, if we can just play to the strengths of these guys, like oh, Fulton, he's got that slap shot, so we're gonna do this gimmick play. Like Kenny Wu is really good at spinning in circles, so yeah. And Dwayne is a rancher, so whatever. <laughs> and so yeah, he he, I think he he's good at knowing what his players' strengths are. And so, if you give him a lineup of guys like the Hawks, who are essentially all all stars, I'm not sure he's able to draw up like these gimmicky plays or whatever. And so they obviously practice these plays outside of the Charlie play, which he draws up on the spot. Wouldn't they have they have been better served just to do drills to kind of develop their skills? Wouldn't they be better off in the long term? I don't know. Would they? Would I think they be? So. Well, I think, like, we go back to the results speak for themselves. That's true. And, and again, they did not have the talent that the Hawks had. I'd argue they didn't have the talent that Iceland had. So they kind of needed those things, and he recognized that. So you can't fault that. All right. Is there any element of luck there, though? Oh, oh, definitely. Like, it's so lucky that the Cardinal goalie essentially cowers in his own net, closes (laughs) his eyes, and just hopes that he doesn't get hit, and hoping that the puck goes into the net instead of hitting him. Yeah, it's totally lucky. I mean, the sexual literally play doesn't work if he has his eyes open. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge assumption. Maybe he just did a great job scouting, though. But scouting is not really Gordon's strong suit, as we saw in D2. He did. He didn't care about until like he has that heart to heart with himself. Really, when he's doing his rollerblades. Well, maybe he and I think in D two, maybe he got a a little bit too cocky. He he's I don't need to scout on these kids because I'm. He kind of. I mean, he kind of forgot about most everything involved with coaching. Yeah, he was, he was too aspect. busy talking about those loafers that he wanted to sell. That's true. And so and maybe Iceland he was chick. like scouting more and. I mean, more. better men than us have gotten distracted by a woman. That looks like Iceland chick. I mean, can we be real? All right, that's true. Mm-hmm. But all yeah. right, a lot on his plate in D two. Yeah. yeah. So was he scouting in D one? Is that did he know this? All this stuff was going to happen through his intensive scouting, or again was it just kind of lucky? You know, Hans might have been feeding him scouting reports too. Oh. Well, somebody was feeding Hans scouting reports, and Hans was had somebody else. Hans isn't. Hans has a lot of uh, yeah. minions. Yes. Hans people has his people out yeah. doing yeah. that scout. Oh, that's a great point. So he's getting scouting reports from Hans, yeah. and then he was playing to it. He's using his kind of... Yeah, he's saying, hey, this Cardinals goalie likes to close his eyes and cower <laughs> at the sight of terror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Bombay looks to the kids a lot. He asks them, you know, who should take the penalty shot? At a certain point, he puts Fulton out there. And Averman's like, Coach, they'll be rushing him. And he just goes, right. Like, he hadn't thought of that. <laughs> and, I, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, too. Like, like that's that's terrible coaching. Like, they there has to be a voice, like an overriding voice that makes a decision. Like, Well, Bombay does make the ultimate decision, though. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think Charlie should take the penalty shot. And obviously... It's a potentially horrifying decision because all the kids are against him. But then he, uh, but then he also lets Charlie make decisions as a ridiculous assistant coach. It which worked is a, though. Yeah, it worked. But I, I don't know. I think that's terrible coaching. I just think that's terrible 
It worked but, out for him, obviously. The thing is, if it doesn't work, it's yeah, it's terrible. But if it does work, he shows trust in his players. Like you have a, like a, like on a basketball court, you can have like a veteran who can call plays and say, "I think this is what we need to do." And the coach can say, "Okay, that's a good idea." Then here's how you like get there. Okay, and I I'm, I'm pretty sure I've referenced this before on the podcast, but oh, if Phil Jackson had let, uh, it's a very famous play where. He called for Tony Kukoc to take the shot, and Scottie Pippen pouts, bitches, and moans, and says, "Fuck this! I'm not. I'm not playing if Tony's taking the shot." And he takes a seat on the bench because he says, "Fuck that! Sure as shit, Tony Kukoc takes a shot, makes a shot, wins the game. Like that's coaching right there. Like you, you tell your star to sit the fuck down. It's better if he takes a shot. Like it takes a." takes a great coach well, to make that call. Well, he. I don't said, think Bombay has that. Well, Bombay said, I want Charlie to take the yeah. shot. When, I, when all the kids were saying, Geese should take the that shot. That was his Tony Kucho, which moment. Yeah. Yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. My only problem is, why would you ask the kids in general? Yeah. Exact, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, need, you need to make the decision yourself and not well, leave it up to a bunch of fucking 13-year-olds. Bombay, he didn't ask the kids who should take the shot, did he? Connie said, I think Geese should take it. I think because it was like the the ref came out was like, all right, you get a penalty shot. Any of the players on the ice can take it. And doesn't kind of go, I think Guy should take it, and they all kind of agree. But and so uh, did Bombay get Bombay didn't like ask, hey guys, who should take the shot? But if okay, let's just if Connie had said, I think Guy should take it, and he goes, no, Averman's taking it. Like, do you think would he have had the balls to do that? He basically did. He said, I think Charlie should take it. Because you have to look at the situation. Hey, you're dealing with a bunch of 12 year olds. You're not dealing with, you know, 30 year old men who get, are getting paid millions of dollars. That's so true. you can tell them to fuck off if you want. And because you're the best, you know, coach of that era. Well, I mean, you can also argue that you can tell a bunch of 13 year olds to fuck off because they're not no, making it's anybody. True. <laughs> but if you tell Charlie to fuck off, he's going to miss that shot. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. It's true. If you, if it's like, no, fuck off. Charlie's taking the shot because I, because he's th- putting the weight of the world on him. I think, I, I think Bombay got lucky a lot in that sense. I don't think. He had, like the, I don't know, I don't know what we, what you would call it, tactical skills or mm-hmm. or or fortitude or whatever to make a final decision. I think he left it way too open. I think it was high risk, high reward is what he did, and you have to do that when you don't have a talented team or a, a, as talented team. Yeah, I mean, like, the common theme of Gordon's coaching career is whether he was good or whether he was just extremely, extremely lucky. Because every risk he took paid off. Now, I'm going to have to look up whether Gordon... I feel like Gordon did ask the team, but I'm going to have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes, as I do, and we'll figure it out from there. But, sticking on the Charlie subject... Banks comes back from injury in D2, and Russ has taken off his equipment. He knows it. He's the extra man. Charlie gives himself up. Now, that's your team captain, one of your better players, and Bombay says, all right, you're fine. Isn't that a situation? Didn't, didn't Bombay just make the team worth by letting Charlie sit out, or... Was that a good move because Charlie was so uh, cerebral in his in his view for the game? Well, again, clearly it worked out. But let's go to the moment when that happens. 
is Charlie actually that good? In D3, I think he makes a huge jump between D2 and D3 from being a kid who's just like, yeah, he's on the team, to being the captain and also essentially the second best player behind Banks. And so, and also he was still a giant fuck up at that time. He was Spazway. Yeah, he was still there. I mean, but Russ Tyler has one shot, and that's all he can do. Yeah, where I feel like Charlie could have helped the team more throughout the game, and maybe they're not in that situation where they need a miracle shot that only Russ can provide. So, so at that point, you have to ask yourself whether Bombay knew that. Bombay or uh, Charlie being the better player and staying on the team, if that would be better than Charlie, you know, sacrificing himself basically would rally the troops more. Yeah, what, yeah, weighing the weighing the positives and negatives at that point. So I argue in that case he was just incredibly lucky. Okay, so you're saying he's I, I mean I, I maintain that's like the dumbest yeah. thing that's ever happened in sports, but. Yeah, you have to you have to wonder because Kevin brings the point. It is kind of like a rallying. It's like oh, Charlie selflessly gives himself. It's up. a rah rah moment. Know, I want to I want to be able to do that. I'm I'm all for the team. But if Bombay says no, Charlie, we're not doing that. Russ, take a hike. Everyone could be like, oh, that was kind of dick of him. And and then maybe Charlie like and then maybe something happens where Charlie fucks up and everyone's like, shit, we really should have uh, let Russ on the team instead of Charlie. Yeah, and plus you don't have the greatest sports story of all time if if Charlie's like, hey, fuck you, Russ, get out of here, bro. Exactly. I don't think Bombay is thinking about that. He's always thinking point. about marketing himself. At least he too. <laughs> but maybe, I guess he's past, he's past that. You know, Tibbles is in the corner like... Yeah. <laughs> Crossing his fingers, yeah. Yeah, remember, Kevin, people can't see you. <laughs> I think they can if they close their eyes. Yeah, the live stream is not set up yet. But, okay, so do you think Bombay was cognizant of these uh, the psychological effect of Charlie giving himself up for the team? Or at the moment? Because... Maybe he might have realized it later, but I'm not sure at the moment he realized kind of the effect that Charlie. I think, did. I think, I think, think that's kind of the argument. Like, if he was conscious of that, then he's a great coach. But if he wasn't, and he just kind of made that decision, you know, blindly, then no, he's not a great coach. He's just incredibly lucky. I guess he trusts his gut, really, is what it is. And also, he's obviously a very good lawyer. Mm-hmm. So he's very, very calculating. And so he, I think he probably has a history of defending people where he knows he can win. It's like it might be a risky move, but he knows he's, he's got a great chance to win. And so maybe this is kind of like what he puts in his coaching. It's like, yeah, this is kind of a risky move, but if I win, this is going to look great. So. See, well, and I, I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I show. I, I think he's like the opposite as a coach. Like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like he's, he defers to his players who are 13 years old too often, much too often. And so that, I don't think that makes him a great coach. I think that makes him a very lucky coach. I think it's, he's very lucky, but I think it's clear that the, the players, like after they get all over the whole Captain Blood bullshit and Captain D2, they, they'll run through a wall for him. Okay. The players love him. And I think that also, that's got to be played into him being a good coach. Because you can have a really stupid coach and be like, that, my coach doesn't know what he's talking about, but he's a nice guy, whatever. But they're obviously trust him. So okay, there's a very big difference between you know having a professional college team or whatever of players that will run through a wall for you and do whatever you ask, and then having a team of thirteen year olds who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. 
I mean, they're playing that, at the that, highest level, though. I mean, so they are aware of things. At that point in D2, I mean, it's not in D5 where they're essentially, okay, everyone play and make sure everyone plays at least two periods or whatever. It's, this is the high level. They know what, what's at stake. Banks is looking at scouts in the crowd. Banks is. Just Banks. None of, nobody else. Like, nobody else is thinking they're going pro. I don't know. Like, I consciously. I think every every thirteen year old at the junior Goodwill games is thinking they're going pro. Think about every thirteen year old who plays on like a like a, a really badass like travel AAU basketball. Hell, game. I still think I'm going pro. <laughs> yeah. See. Dreams <laughs> over, Kevin. Now. Not over. Just hasn't been fulfilled yet. Just on pause. Yeah. If you go pro, you'll unseat Russ as the greatest sports story of all time. <laughs> And we'll do a special pod about it. Shoutouts. We will. We'll have you back on the pod if you're not too famous for us. Boom. All right. Now, two main topics left in the Bombay coaching debate. And there's one we're going to skip over because we talked about a lot. And that's the decision to put Julian on the last shot instead of keeping Goldberg in. And we, we talked about that. Uh, Another risk, but it worked out. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about that at length when we tried to figure out what would happen if the Ducks lost to Iceland. Uh, that would be episode 33, I think. 32 or 33. I'll put it in the show notes. Now, the big main topic is most of the time, Gordon Bombay is not a good coach. His team falls down in big games early. His players tend to quit on him, but he tends to get them back. But he does have these these inspirational moments, and he does push the team to, as we've mentioned, get the result. So, do those those intense moments of of goodness outweigh that ninety percent of bad? I I don't think so. I mean, as far as like if you're ranking coaches or grading coaches, I don't think so. I think he got incredibly lucky lucky with this team. And it just happened to work out for him. I I think if you like really delve into his coaching skills, if you're starting a program, you're not hiring him. I think he just happened to let. Or if you if you do hire him, you're going to be disappointed. Let me put it that way, because he he'll get a job. I mean, if he wanted one, he'd get a job. But I think whoever hired him would be disappointed. I think he would lose a lot of players along the way just because either he doesn't know what he's doing or he's like bipolar and he one minute he's an asshole, the next minute he's your best friend, the next minute he's an asshole. Like it's just I don't know. I don't think it would work. I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I mean obviously there's a lot of luck going on with all these gimmicky plays for them all to essentially work. I mean, there were times where they didn't work, like Kenny Wu doing a spinning didn't work in, against Iceland. Doing the flying V did not work against Iceland. Um, but the thing is, and it's it's tough to kind of just always like put it all on this, but he wins. And I still think part of that is he's catering toward the players that he has. That's why he's able to win. And, you know, if he was coaching the Hawks, like let's say the roles were reversed, I don't think, you know, um, you know, Coach Riley coaching District 5, that team doesn't do anything. Half of them quit. Mm-hmm. And now Bombay is coaching the Hawks. I still think they win the title. They're not as dominant. But, I mean, the coach really doesn't have to do as much there if you just give them that team. 
Bombay could easily be, I was a hawk, I know what to do. Um, so I, I think he, um, he, he, he needs a certain kind of player to kind of trigger his imagination, you know, with, with what's he, what he wants, what he wants to do. You can't just give him a team full of banks, even though that's what every coach claims to want. It's like, you gotta have the right chemistry and be able to work with the kids, so. You know, I think he. I think he's a good coach for what he has. I think that's fair. That's fair. Could he develop a Hawks-like program if he stuck around? Though that's what the Junior Goodwill Games is like banking on, because they hire him to be like the the development guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he fails miserably in that role. I don't know. I think maybe he finally gets like the full like resources at his disposal. See, I think that's like I think that's what dooms him. Like he, I. Like you said, I think he thrives in, you know, making the best of a shitty situation, more or less. So I think whenever he has everything at his feet, he's just not very good. Or at least not as good as he should be in that scenario. Yeah, I mean... Or has to be in that scenario. His coaching was a lot different than this assumed job as director of uh, player personnel for the Junior Goodwill game. Because we don't really know how good he is at picking out players and and put, putting them together. He inherited a roster in, with the original Mighty Ducks, and then he kind of inherited another roster with D2. Well, we know, though, he sees the District 5 roster, he knows, I, I need to go get some new kids. He goes That's, to get the Duncans, okay. he goes to get Fulton. And now, we don't really know the roster selection process for D2, because there's a lot of kids that don't come back. The Duncans don't come back. There's also, I mean... Still, the roster he puts together is like a mishmash of misfits. Like, it's not a group of all-stars. You put a bunch of all-stars at his feet, and... I mean, there's a big difference between... Granted, I always go to basketball because that's what I know, but Phil Jackson knows how to put stars together and win championships. George Carl is great at putting you know, a star and a bunch of misfits together and making a really good team. Like, there's a really big difference between those kind of coaches. Managing egos versus managing talent and putting together pieces. I don't know. Well, actually, if you think about it, though, in D2, he's got the misfits, but they also give him five all-stars. But he still has, like, 12 misfits. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, they're... He's coached them, and he's gotten rid of the players. That but they're not all-star. I mean, yeah. like, we've made this argument before. Yeah, like, like, none of them would be on this team if they weren't. I mean, obviously, Banks, I think that you could make a case for, for Jesse. He's obviously, I think, Blossom, a really good player. Um, uh, Fulton, you know, he, he brings a certain something. But he's he, he's given five players he doesn't know what to do with, and he's able to get the team to come around. And so if you gave him 12 All-Stars and, like, no Misfits, yeah, it might yeah. be difficult. That, and that's the argument that I make. But like, at the same time... He's really good at, like, matching, like, Misfit personalities. But if I don't might, think it would work with, like, a really talented group of players. Like, if in my, my closing note on that, if he's the director of player personnel, he would build a team the way he wanted to. He'd say, I need a couple of Misfits. I need a couple of, like, specialty guys on there. Don't just give me the best players. That's true. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. He's He could... Find that he's going to play to his strength. Yeah, but he is also giving him off, giving them off to another coach. I'm assuming. I'm assuming there's going to be a head coach for the Junior Goodwill Games yeah. U.S. team. That's true. That's that could be below. a big fucking headache. Yeah. So we don't know how that would work out. Uh, I personally 
think Bombay might have got out at the right time from coaching. Because he's got to realize everything he did worked. That's not going to happen in the future. Can't, can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. Exactly. So he might have he got out of coaching right before it all kind of went downhill. But, final thoughts. Is Gordon Bombay a good coach, yes or no? Yes. No. I'm going to say no. Nice. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Just think he had a great run. He had a historic run. He got run. incredibly lucky way too many times. I Can think you think th- of any coach on any level that, like, won who was just lucky? Who like, was, like wait. consistently won. Wait. Like, he was a coach who, like, won multiple championships, and he was just like, that's just a lucky coach. Is Bombay the only one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then... Yeah, I mean, that's tough because he was a good coach for a certain... Like, he was a good coach for, what, like three games in the junior college yeah, game? Yeah, that's... And, and then he was a good coach for, like, four games during the, the uh, Pee Wee playoffs. Yeah, but that's all it really takes. If you look at, like, a, like a soccer team, an international soccer team, all you have to do is be good for a month, basically, every four years, and you could be the greatest coach. It's like, um, in the 2002 World Cup, Bruce Arena... He got the United States out of the group, and they got into the the quarterfinals, and he got extended. And then the next World Cup, they got their asses kicked. And they, what happened to him? He got fired, fired after the 2006 exactly. one. And so he stopped being lucky. Well, no, it's not stop being lucky. It's just it was like the right situation there. I mean, or he wasn't a very good coach. All right. I mean, he was obviously a good coach because he was able to get him there. But all right, we're way over time. So. <laughs> Well, this debate isn't going to end. No, I think he's still a good coach because now he's with the Galaxy and he's winning championships. But you know, as you were saying, like, there's certain situations where you only have to be good for a certain amount of time. It's like you take a team in the NCAA basketball tournament and you have to win six games in a row. If you get them hot at the right time, and maybe that was Bombay, I think that still is the mark of a good coach because he's able to get them up at the right time. All right. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't think he's like a great coach. He's just somewhere in the middle who, who seemed to find... I think he doesn't have the his, balls to be a great coach. So he's not a bad coach. He's not a great coach. That's why he's a good coach. No, he's an okay coach. Yeah. I'd say like... A, he's an incredibly lucky okay coach that doesn't have the balls to be a really he good got, coach. He caught fire at the right time. But if you disagree with Kevin and I, or you agree with us and want to rag on Tommy... <laughs> You know where to go, thequackattack.com. Or if you just want to rag on Tommy. <laughs> yeah, you can do that, whether it's about Bombay's coaching or not. Or Twitter, at Pod, Or, most importantly, iTunes. Give us five stars. And then, in your review, tell us why Tommy's wrong. That's true. He's incredibly I guess, wrong. I guess you could say, tell us why Kevin and I are wrong, but... That's Mr. not as says fun. that Kevin and Michael are wrong. Nah. That's not as fun. And uh, remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack.